Welcome to a special edition of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and today we're presenting an interview I did with Lindy Booth, who plays Cassandra Killian on TNT's The Librarians. This interview first appeared as part of the December 2017 Sci-Fi Fidelity podcast on Den of Geek US, but is available here in its isolation. I also had the chance to talk to Christian Kane, a.k.a. Jacob Stone of The Librarians, and that interview will be available in early January. Librarian Season 4 begins on Wednesday, December 13th, and I hope you enjoy this. All right. Thank you, Lindy Booth, for joining us on the December edition of Sci-Fi Fidelity. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great as well. Happy Friday. Thank you. All right. So Season 4 of The Librarians is going to be returning to TNT on Wednesday, December 13th, which turns out to be a week earlier than originally announced, which, of course, makes the fans happy. Uh, do you do anything special when the show airs, watch with friends, live tweet, anything like that? Oh, yeah. Actually, we I watch with my favorite friends. I watch with the cast of The Librarians. Um, we're actually all getting together um, at, the, at Dean Devlin's Electric Entertainment offices. We're going to be doing a Facebook Live thing. Is that something do you, you really enjoy, the social media aspect of it? Yeah, you know, I enjoy the social, social media aspect of it. I think the most fun we have live tweeting is when we're all together as a group because we sort of like egg each other on and we remember things like sort of as we're watching, we're remembering things. So we're all sort of tweeting about our common sort of remembrances of our time shooting. And I think it makes it more fun. And also just interacting with the fans is so amazing. You know, the fans of the librarians are so loyal and intense and have so many questions and so many they're so curious about and invested in um what happens with these characters it's really fun to be involved and and get to uh get to share the event with them well cool you know the the tagline on your twitter account is is a perfect lead-in for my first question which is i play dress up for a living so i want to get this question out of the way because my wife will kill me (laughs) if i don't ask about cassandra's cute outfits so what's the process? What's the process for choosing your clothes for each episode? And do you get input each week with the wardrobe department? Yeah. So our our wardrobe designer Critter Pierce is an extraordinarily creative woman, and she it's been one of the great pleasures of my career working with her because I love clothes and I love telling a story through wardrobe, and Critter works very much the same way I do which at the beginning of the year, we sort of sit down and we talk about Cassandra and where she is in life and what's going on. And I think people have this idea of who this character is. And I think if you go back to the beginning of the series and you actually look at who she was and what she was wearing, it's completely different. And that's all been planned out. We've sort of arced out the entire character through color and through even like sleeve length in the first season, she was wearing long sleeves that covered her hands because she was hiding from something. And now, you know, she's much, much brighter and bolder and colorful. And we just have a great time sort of like telling a story through the clothes and through different patterns and playing and having no rules in our wardrobe fittings. You know, we'll take a skirt and say, Ooh, we like the ruffle on this. Maybe we could put this on a shirt. Oh, this, hairband is amazing wouldn't it be great if we got two of them and made a belt out of it um it's just like it's no rules and the wildest things get thrown out there and it's it's just it's a really creative and fun environment we have an amazing seamstress Jacqueline who 
um, really just <laughs> get saddled with all these crazy whims that we have. And she's constantly, you know, coming up with ideas of how to attach one thing to another thing and make it into something else. So it's really, it's an amazing process. And I do have a lot of input in it. And, and it's been really fun for all of us, I think. Uh, now, obviously, one of the big changes in last season was Cassandra had the tumor removed. Do you think that'll have any impact on wardrobe choices? Will that change her style at all? You know, I think I think it changes a lot about her. It hasn't really. We see sort of mid season. She something about the tumor being removed has caused Cassandra to sort of question everything. It, que- it questions who she wants to be, and I think you know one of the big. Um, the big sort of arcs of this season is something happens that causes all of us to sort of question the library itself and question our commitment to it. And, you know, that's a big, that's a big moment and that's a big change. And this is for Cassandra, you know, the library has been the one thing she's always had, she's had since she got there. It sort of gave her life again. And once the tumor was removed, she now sort of has this new lease on life. And so once she starts, questioning the library it really becomes this this bigger sort of question of like who do I want to be and so yeah we do we do see a big change in Cassandra sort of midway through the season where she's really um she's really questioning her lot in life I mean certainly one of the fears of removing the tumor was that she was going to lose her, her abilities which of course is not what happened so now with her increased powers i mean it would seem she faces a different set of challenges one of which might be one of control yeah i mean that that's that's been a huge thing and it is something that she's she grapples with is is how to control this you know it's that spider-man with great power comes great responsibility sort of adage and it's it's really true here she does have this this enormous gift and and how does she use it and can she control it and is it really who she wants to be does she really want to define herself by this because I think with the tumor being removed you know she's always she's always said and I think it's been a very powerful message um that she knows how she's going to die so she doesn't fear death well now she doesn't now her worst fear is not going to happen and and we see a very interesting sort of switch with her. I think it goes back and forth this season between that feeling very empowering and her feeling very um, fearless and very like, you know, she's, she's already faced death. Now this is her second act and nothing can hurt her to, you know, a much more real sort of like she can die and she doesn't know how she's going to die. And so I think that she goes through another sort of wave of like fear um, in the not knowing. Right, which brings up the connection that she forms with Jenkins at the end of the season, where you know we're wondering: is it romantic? Is it platonic? She, he's a little bit older than her, but does, <laughs> does it have more to do with, as you say, she's got her own mortality now to consider in a different way? This has always been that that relationship with Jenkins has always been one of my favorite in the show. Um, it's so special and it's so unique and I think it is so undefined and I think that's what makes it so interesting because I don't think relationships are just one thing or the other. Their relationship is so sweet and so caring and it comes from such 
such a strange and different place. Um, so yeah, her questioning of mortality is actually going to come into play in a big way this year. And, and I think, you know, she brings Jenkins into that and that's always the two of them have this unique bond, um, in that way where, where they, they look at their mortality in, uh, in a different way than other people do. Now, She's always been fascinated by math and science, obviously, throughout the run of the show. Mm-hmm. What is it about magic that appeals to her so much? Well, I think, I think the fact that, you know, we introduced this concept of, like, mathematics and this combination of math and magic. And I think for someone who thought they were dying and, and who was, was living with this, you know, terrible illness, the magic sort of represented hope and it's this sort of whimsy and this sort of, you know, it's like her belief in Santa Claus. It's, it's wild and childlike and, and it's just innocent and it's fun. And I think, you know, her, her whole belief system is so joyous and so childlike and so full of curiosity that when the concept of magic, that it's real, is presented to her, she just latches onto it because I mean, you and me, like if someone came and told me that all of that stuff was actually real and actually happening, I mean, I'd just be over the moon excited about it. Like, I just want to know everything about it because, because it's amazing <laughs> because if all of those things that we told, we were, we've been told weren't true, were actually all of a sudden true. I mean, that would just be the most amazing thing in the world. And I think that's where, that's where her fascination comes from. Just like pure curiosity and innocence and, and belief and wanting to believe in something. Okay. Now, how would Cassandra react to Eve telling her that she needs to learn how to physically defend herself? Would she be on board or try to talk her out of it? Oh yeah. No, I think she'd totally be on board. It's funny that, that that hasn't really like, really come up. I mean, we've seen her start to get a little bit more physical and a little bit more involved, but for some reason that this, this has not happened. I, I personally, as Lindy would love it because I actually am significantly more physical than Cassandra is. So I feel like every time they throw a punch in there for me, everyone's always like, wow, you're really good at that. And I'm like, yes, let me fight. Oh, you could uh, get into one of Jake's barroom fights, which undoubtedly exactly. uh, will occur somewhere <laughs> down the road. Uh, a year or so ago, I stumbled on a show that I somehow missed when it originally aired. And this is, of course, the time travel tale Odyssey 5, where oh yeah, you played Holly Cul- Culverson, uh, Neil's girlfriend, who not necessarily evil, but she was kind of a bad girl. Uh, what's it like playing a bad girl? Because obviously we don't see you in that role very often. You know, I oddly started out my career only playing bad girls. I think I went, that's not true. I started playing nice girls and then I went very bad very quickly for a long time. And I played a lot of, I killed a lot of people on TV and in movies. Um, I I had a real string of like not being very nice on TV. Um, So I'm quite happy to be back playing, uh, playing playing a nice girl um but yeah i think you know it, it's fun as an actor to be able to bounce back and forth and and play a little bit of both and you know playing cassandra is such a treat because she is so wide-eyed and good and kind and loving you know there there is so much about her that's just so 
so pure and and it's been it's been a challenge to to play all of that wide-eyedness but it's um you know it, it's my favorite part of myself so <laughs> it's uh it's fun to bring out all right well you got two movies that are set to release uh shortly rocky mountain christmas and the create yeah. and the creatress which they seem pretty different i mean what can you tell us about either or both of these movies and the characters that you play they are super different. You know, coming off of um, five months of shooting The Librarians, I was so tired and so happy and so on high of, like, this amazing experience that all I wanted to do was get back to work and do more work. And um, an amazing experience to do this independent film called The Creatress. The script is one of the most interesting scripts that I've come across in the past, like, 10 years. I really fell in love with the story and the character. And it's... Um, you know, it's about a young author who's sort of, uh, who's become the voice of a generation. She's written one book that just sort of blew everyone away and she's won all these awards. And now she's sort of facing her second act at the age of, you know, 28 and trying to, trying to reinvent herself and try to deal with fame and deal with art and deal with writing. And it's a real it's a real story about writers, which I love because I'm such a huge fan of all of the writers that I work with. And it's something that I definitely can't do. Um, so I, I'm constantly in awe of them. So it's fun to sort of delve into the world of a writer and, uh, and really um, experiment with that. And I got to work with Fran Drescher and Peter Bogdanovich, two amazing, amazing, wonderful people um, that I was super privileged to work with. And then on like the totally other side of the spectrum, I love doing Hallmark Christmas movies. It's a secret joy of mine. It's not so secret. Everybody knows that I do it all the time. Um, but I love working on these movies because I do love Christmas so much. It's my favorite time of year, and I love the opportunity to play it for a full month before Christmas even happens. <laughs> and I shot this, this beautiful, sweet, lovely Christmas movie um, up in Vancouver last month um, with Christopher Palaha and Treat Williams um, that is just is so amazing. And we got to spend the entire month on a farm riding horses and it was just it was beautiful and i'm so excited for it to come out i actually did adr for it uh the other day and it's so sweet and i'm so excited for it so will, will there be any trash talking between you and christian over whose christmas movie is because uh, i know he's got one coming out as well oh yeah 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 it you know it's a constant competition for us we are uh, John, Christian, and I are like the brothers and sisters we play on the show. We are constantly trying to one-up each other and trash-talk each other and, of course, then constantly support each other and love each other and, you know, push each other up. So I am very excited for Christian's Christmas movie as well. All right, cool. All right, last question. Last show that you binge-watched? Last show that I binge-watched. You know, I am a huge um Master of None fan. So I just I just watched uh, the second season of that. I love it. I think Aziz Ansari is so funny and so genuine. And it's just the second season is like a whole other level. It's such a great show. Um, it, I was so happy. It, it exceeded my expectations from the first season. Well, listen, I, I want to thank you, Lindy, for meeting with us today on Sci-Fi Fidelity. Really appreciate your time. Wishing you success with Librarian Season 4 and beyond. And listeners, remember, Season 4 Librarians is going to air on December 13th on TNT. Lindy Booth, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.